Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, with the extended pregame coverage starting tonight at 6.15 from the Commonwealth Room of the Siegel Center. You can always download the Odyssey app today for free and listen to games on there, or check out the podcast, Talking All Things VCU Basketball. It's the Black Gold Fan Podcast. New episodes this week, and this week we all discussed our favorite lineup with the current roster. Mine is Jason Nelson, the backup point guard, uh, at the one, Zeb Jackson at the two, Shulg at the three, the Bears, Sean Bearstow at the four, with Toby Lawal at the five. So we had a little fun with that discussion. Check out the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or the Odyssey app ahead of the game tonight by searching Black Gold Fan Podcast. Joining us right now, very special guest on the hotline, played for VCU. Here it is, B.A. Walker. What's going on, B.A.? What's going on? Nice to have you. Absolutely. Nice to connect with you, man. I'm glad to get you on the show. I mean, how excited are you for the game tonight? Decades night at the Seagull Center. Man, I'm really excited. Um, I'm happy to be back in Richmond and, and getting, having the ability to come to a lot of games. So, you know, I, I'm happy they're on a nice little streak right now. So I'm excited for the game. Yeah, I mean, you've played in a lot of arenas in college and, you know, all over the globe. How would you describe the Seagull Center for someone that's never been? I mean, for somebody who's never been, it's it's a it's a new experience. Um, just being there for four years when I was there, walking to the arena, it just gives you a, a sense of uh, confidence, um, knowing the fans are behind you, um, just just a sense of, of gratitude to just being in that place. It's a special place where a lot of winning happens. So you know, when you play there, and if you're just just a casual fan, it's it's a it's an experience that you you want you won't forget. I promise you that. I love that. I love that breakdown, man. And B.A. Walker was on VCU from 2003, 2004 to 2006, 2007. And you improved consistently each season statistically. And I've always felt VCU does an incredible job of developing their student-athletes. So how did VCU help you develop throughout your time? Just just having the opportunity um, to be on the floor, um, to learn from the older guys, uh, for them coming back, um, playing pickup with us and, and just growing from, from an 18 year old kid from the Eastern shore to actually being in the city and just, and just seeing different type of, of talent come through VCU. And, uh, and then just the overall work you put in when nobody's looking um, access to, to the Seagull center, um, getting those extra shots up when nobody's around. So all in all, you know, it's, a, it's just a program that when you come there, you have the ability to, um, have all the resources you need to, to get better. And, and, and with the coaching and with the staff and with the older guys, they're just, it's just a, it's just a big family community. That's going to, that's going to help you uh, succeed. Yeah. I, I like that, that breakdown. And I totally agree. I mean, Ed Nixon was talking to me about that yesterday, about so many old players coming back in the off season, pushing the younger guys to develop and get better. I got to ask you, how jealous are you? These guys have that basketball development center. Oh man, it's, it's it's one of those things where you, you know you look back and be like, man, I wish you would have had this. Um, <laughs> but you know, we we are we were before those guys, and and now just to see where we were and where the program is going and where it will go in the future. I mean, we're just grateful that we was able to wear the black and gold. Yeah, I mean, how incredible is it uh, how much this program has grown since 2003 when you stepped on the scene as a freshman more than 20 years ago? Right. I, I mean, it's amazing. 
um, you know, from when I came in 2003. Um, like you said, the, the BDC is like, like one of those things where, you know, we always heard about it, but then it finally happened. And, and I was still a pro going to Europe every season when it was built. So I had a chance to actually work out in there and run pickup games in there. And it, again, it just, it just feels good to be a part of that, even though, you know, it, it wasn't my time when it was there. What are you excited for tonight with Decades game Friday night at the Seagull Center? Um, just to keep the momentum going for the team. I think that's that's important. Um, to, again, another chance to be in the arena with the fans. And, um, you know, they're playing a good team. And it's always good when you can get a home – if you can get a home win on your floor against a good team. And, and just to be back in the arena and see all the faces and new faces, old faces, and just, and just uh, watching the team play. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of this current roster? Richmond flavor with a bunch of guys, some international guys. Uh, there's a lot of talent on the team. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a new team um, that, you know, it, sometimes when you, when you put a new team together in, in different pieces, it takes a while to gel. But I, I, I see that um, the team is progressing in the right direction. Um, basketball is a funny sport where it, you just got to get high at the right time. And, and um, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the team. Um, they're very positive. Um, when, when adversity happens, you know, they, they respond. So, you know, again, it's just, with the current rosters and the team, I just, I just I just like the excitement around the team, especially going into conference play. Yeah, and look, this team historically has been so good at home, especially in the A10, but it's been a little different this year. You mentioned it's a brand-new team, and they struggled their first two in-conference games and then went on the road, and we saw the team chemistry, two straight wins. So now they're returning home. What's it going to take for VCU to get the win against St. Louis? I mean, you just got to control what you can control. Um, just make sure that you, you just put in your best foot forward. Um, basketball isn't perfect, so there's going to be mistakes. Um, there's going to be, I wish I could have or would have done this differently. But when you're on the floor, you just try to control what you can control. Um, you just trust the work that you put in. You trust the process. You trust, you trust the coaches. And um, you just put the energy there. You know, whether the ball goes in or go out, sometimes it's out of your control. But you can't control your energy. You can't control your process. You can't control um, how you prepare for the game. And I think, you know, for tonight, you know, it's just going to take an all-out team effort and then um, just, con- just controlling what you can control. B.A. Walker with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, former basketball player for VCU. B.A., why don't you remind me and, and our audience uh, where your basketball career took you after VCU. I believe I saw you on the TBT team a few times, right? Yeah, so after, after VCU, um, I played 13 years in Europe. I played in seven different countries, Iceland, the Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, um, Finland for two years. Um, I went to Israel, and then I played seven in France. Um, and during that time, when the when the TBT was just getting started, I did five summers straight, I think, for the TBT. Um, and then, you know, uh, my career stopped right around when COVID happened. And um, but since then, I, I've I've moved on to, to real estate. So um, I had a I had a nice run. You know, I had 13 good years in Europe. So I, I, I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to to have that. I love that, man, and good luck with all your work in real estate. When people ask you about your college basketball experience, how do you how do you describe VCU? Um, I, no place like other. That's like any anybody's gonna say about a college they they go to. Um, it's a special place. Um, I can't harp on how how special it is. Um, with the community, the Richmond community, and surrounding 
areas um, that just supports VCU, um, the program, like I said, the establishment, and just the, the, the family. You know, we call it Ramley, but it's just the whole um, giving back to, to the former players from, from older players, I mean, to the younger players from older players. And it, it always feels like you're, you're, you're with a family, even though, you know, it's not your family, it's an extended family. So it's just, it's just a special place. Thanks so much for the time, man. I look forward to meeting you at the game tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll. Here in Scott's edition, don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It's much more than that with a seasonal menu. Uh, great, really great food. I, I love the pizza, the wings. I had the burger last night. It was with a friend who loved the chicken sandwich. And, you know, I, I don't come out here to just bowl. I come out here to check out live music and entertainment Fridays and Saturdays. They got really good brunch deals Sunday from 1030 to 3 p.m. Head out to River City Roll today. Tell them. AWOD sent you and stuff. I've been working in radio for, for 10 years now. I, I love radio because you have the ability to talk to listeners. And that's why I got into radio. My dad used to let me call in after skins games and complain about the quarterback sucking or the defense being terrible. And, you know, it's just so great because you can't do that on TV. You're watching a bunch of, you know, talking heads. But with radio, we throw out the phone line, 833-804-0910. And you can give me your thoughts. Your opinion matters here on the fan, but I think most, more importantly, my love for radio is the theater of the mind, right? That's what radio is, and audio is such an interesting medium because you can close your eyes and feel like you're at the event. That's why I love listening to sports on the radio, and every week here on Fridays at 2.15, we honor the best play-by-play, the best sports audio of the week, interviews, podcasts, play-by-play, game winners, and more on Play to Win. <laughs> And we'll give out the player of the week, the winning team of the week, the game-winning moment of the week, and more. Stubb, what you got for us here on Play to Win? All right, we're going to kick things off with the player of the week. (laughs) He's going to go all the way. Brevin Jordan to the end zone. No flags. Touchdown. That was a 76-yard touchdown reception thrown by the one and only C.J. Stroud. He has absolutely been killing it. He's surely the reason the Texans made it this far. He has been an incredible quarterback for a rookie. I, I, I'm sad that he will probably be leaving after the Ravens game, but man, what a QB they got. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud on the season, over 4,000 yards, but more impressive, the touchdown-to-interception ratio, you just don't see that for many rookies. 23 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. I mean, more than a 4-to-1 ratio. And, and you're right, you know, everyone thought, oh, <clears throat> the Texans will be decent defensively with D'Amico Ryans, but... Uh, and they were great defensively in that playoff win. You know they had the, you know the big pick six uh, against Joe Flacco, but 
The offense put up 45 points, and C.J. Stroud led Houston to an AFC South title as a rookie, certainly deserving of Player of the Week. Just incredible. Next, I'm going to move on to the Sports Tilt of the Week, and I'm going to give this one to DeAndre Ayton. Couldn't make it to an NBA game because it was a bit too chilly outside. Yeah, what is up with that? (laughs) I mean... This is just so annoying, right? I mean, I was thinking about that yesterday with my friends. Like, uh, imagine if you called out of work because, you know, snowy conditions or something like that. But you are a millionaire, you know, and and that's your job is to play. I just... It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is soft. I, I don't care if he tried for hours to get out of his house. What does he live, 30 miles from the stadium? It doesn't make sense. Uh, they should have used a helicopter to pick him up. I fully agree. All right, the next three categories kind of come into all, uh, kind of uh, all relate to each other. So let me play a clip. The youngest team in the NFL, the little team that could, came into Big D and take <laughs> out the Cowboys. Our winning team of the week is the Packers. No one, well, I'm sure some people, but basically no one saw that upset coming. So we're giving it to them, as well as giving the sore loser of the week and the moral of victory of the week a tie between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, you know, I was I was shocked by the Packers winning that game. I, I did really enjoy watching the Cowboys lose. Like that, that one was the greatest for me. Unfortunately, though, I picked Philadelphia to defeat the Bucs, and that's why I'm in trouble in our Odyssey NFL confidence pool. I'm going to have to go out on a limb with some of my picks this weekend. What else you got for us on Play All right, I'm going to now give you guys the game-winning moment of the week. Oh, the audio file did not play. All right, All game-winning right. moment of the week. The game-winning moment of the week is. Let me guess. Up for a two-pointer and makes it right at the buzzer, and the Hawks win. Dejounte Murray. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was such a great buzzer beater. Uh, we talked about it on the show. He didn't even look at Trey Young. I guarantee you Trey Young gets traded out of Atlanta before the deadline. I think his destination could be L.A. Uh, with the Lake Show. DeJounte Murray uh, pulls up with a guy in his face, hits it, nothing but net. Uh, he's been fun to watch in the NBA. Really good player with the Spurs. Uh, kind of turned into a superstar, though, with the Atlanta Hawks over the last few years. Yeah, we had two buzzer beaters Wednesday night, so it was kind of hard to pick which one, but I think that one just was What too was the pretty. other buzzer beater Wednesday night? Uh, I would have to double check. I don't have it written yeah. down, but it, yeah. it was a, it was a layup buzzer beater. Um, oh, oh yeah, it was the Anthony Simons one in yeah, the Blazers yeah. game. They didn't even need DeAndre Ayton while he was sitting at home. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was at home, but they still won it. And the final yeah. accolade, big play performer of the week. I'm giving it to Puka Nakua. I know they didn't win that game, but he is an incredible rookie. The yards after catch, the broken tackles. What a fun player to watch. Yeah, you know. I really feel like the Rams played well enough to win that game. It's why I'm believing in the Bucks to beat the Lions. Look, Matthew Stafford, everybody saw him go unconscious, probably got a concussion, still threw for 367 yards, two touchdowns without an interception. But you're right, Puka Nakua, nine receptions out of ten targets, 181 yards. Every time he caught the ball, it was an average of more than 20 yards a catch. That's nine explosive plays from one guy. Yeah, just um, incredible. Cool. Uh, so frustrating though that the the Rams got that holding penalty, um, and then we're out of field goal range. Uh, but you know what? You know I, I agree with you. Big play performer of the week, Puka Nakua. What the hell happened to Cooper Cup though? Yeah, like five receptions, twenty-seven yards. This guy broke all the records of wide receiver yards in the NFL the last few years. 
and then came back from injury and just wasn't the same. Yeah, Puganakua's got a big career ahead of him. All right, I got a big audio uh, file to play with uh, with those uh, highlights I just read and more. Awesome. This is Play to Win on the fan. He's going to go all the way. Brevin Jordan to the end zone. No flags. Touchdown. It's not about one person. It's about our team. 20, 15, 10, 5, pick, yes. 6. Yes, even Nelson. Yes. Take that, Cleveland. Everybody counting us out. People will talk. That's all they can do. You know, they're just talking wild. Top Rice at the 5, angling right. Touchdown. I mean, it was, it was cold. I'm not, not going to lie. Now moving to the left side. Pacheco. Touchdown. Kansas City. Yeah, I don't know if I've had as much confidence or a greater feel than I have with this offense, with this team. Davian Wicks on the post, and the Packers lead it 20 to nothing. Picked the wrong day to have a bad day. The youngest team in the NFL, the little team that could, came into Big D and take out the Cowboys. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Jared handing it off. That is arguably the best environment I've ever been in. That was absolutely electric. Golf back, golf looks, golf pumps, now throws, ends on caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. You could just feel it. It was humming. The building was humming. In trouble in the low end zone. He's going to be sacked for a safety. Tampa showed up. Allen steps up in the pocket, going to take off and run. Has the first down and more. To the 40, to the 35, 30. Breaks away. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Josh Allen. The vibe, the energy, the juice. Lillard goes into the front court. He's going to fire up a three for the win. And he hit it. Game time has arrived. Who's spin move? Lasset, good boy. What a move that was. The Hawkins catch and shoot left wing three. Bury it, rookie. Bury it in big D. Jokic in a three. Money. George right wing, crosses over, step back, another three, another me! Thompson loads one up with nine on the clock, and nails another one from downtown. Clay Thompson with 27, that's his seventh three of the night. Pulls up for a two-pointer and makes it, right at the buzzer, and the Hawks win! DeJounte Murray just saved the day for the Hawks. Lillard goes into the front court, he's going to fire up a three for the win! And he hit it! Game time has arrived! Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We've been going through the NFL divisional round games and talking with reporters for each team, getting you guys set up for the divisional round of the playoffs. But real quick, I did want to mention this Sports Illustrated story. It's just a sad day for, for sports fans who used to love the magazine. Staffers at Sports Illustrated were notified, notified this morning of massive layoffs, some immediately, others in short time. After Authentic, the licensing group that purchased Sports Illustrated five years ago, terminated the agreement it holds with the Arena Group to publish Sports Illustrated in print and digital. Um, so it's just a, a terrible situation with Sports Illustrated. I know several people we have on the show or have had on the show work for Sports Illustrated, and they might now be out of a job. Chase Hughes covers the Wizards, not for Sports Illustrated, but on Instagram, Chase DC Sports, posted some of the best SI covers featuring DC sports teams for us to go down memory lane. First, I'll say 
I all, will always remember the LeBron cover. Thought it was so cool. Great story by the late great reporter Grant Wall. I cut that you know picture out of the magazine, hunted on my wall like I used to do with all the great picks in that magazine. So it's just a sad day. Some of the uh, DC great Sports Illustrated covers: Mighty Maryland, Feel the Turtle with Juan Dixon after the Terps win the NCAA title. Power Strong or Power Surge with RG3 in all caps after the Commanders run in 2012. There they go again. John Thompson, Patrick Ewing on a cover featuring President Reagan. Letter Rip, Mark Rippon after leading the Redskins to a Super Bowl. Uh, the Bullets. The classic confrontations, Gus Johnson's elbows, New York's Dave Debushier, Debushier, that's from October 1971, way before my time. National treasure, two games, two wins, 22 strikeouts at the start of Steven Strasburg's illustrious career here in Washington. Happy 40th, Michael, still growing strong at 40 when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wiz. How sweet is this? Alex Ovechkin on the cover, uh, smiling with the Stanley Cup after that championship run. Wow, what a super day for Washington's Doug Williams, the come-from-behind win in the Super Bowl. And fight finished, finally, the Nats have their title featuring Strasburg, Anthony Rendon, and my favorite baseball player, Ryan Zimmerman. So if you want to go down memory lane, check out Chase Hughes on social media at Chase DC Sports. But Joining us right now to continue our NFL conversation. They got a big win over the Browns. Now they're trying to get another win in the divisional round of the playoffs. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, Texans reporter Jonathan Alexander. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I'm going good, man. So uh, let's go back last week and uh, particularly the play that went viral uh, which was D'Amico Ryan's on the sideline explaining to his young linebacker what to do and then in the game he did exactly what D'Amico said got the pick and returned it for a touchdown yeah that's just D'Amico he's a teacher first and foremost that's what he does um, he is still the defensive play caller he has a heavy role in in these players development and I think that's why he's been successful you know the players see that he's done it at a high level. He knows what he's talking about. They know that he cares, and they trust him. And when they trust him and they go out and do what he tells them to do, good things happen. And D'Amico had saw that on film. He had watched the game, and he knew what the Browns were going to do, and he called it. And Christian Hughes needed to play. Yeah, no, it was an incredible play. And, you know, I expected the Texans' defense to be good this year, but I'm blown away with C.J. Stroud. I, I made the dumb statement on my show at the beginning of the season that none of the first-round quarterbacks would finish above 500 and make the playoffs. C.J. Stroud has, has made me put my foot in my mouth with his 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, leading the Texans to a 10-7 and record. And here in the second round of the playoffs, have you been impressed by C.J. Stroud, or did you see this coming when they drafted him number two overall? Well, no, I think that would be a reasonable assumption to make. I think most people did. I think I, I had a peg that about six-win team. You just looked at where they were last year, these particular teams, especially the Texans, second-worst team in the NFL. You just It, it would have been difficult, extremely difficult for them to turn around a team in such a short time. But credit to Nick Casario, credit to D'Amico Ryan, and credit to C.J. Stroud. You know, they – signs the right pieces that fit what they were looking to do. And C.J. Stroud has been better than advertised. 
even among the Texans, they didn't expect him to be as good as he is. They expected him to be really good, but I don't think they expected him to be able to command a locker room to be a leader in his first year. Think about it. He's like the youngest guy on this team, but yeah. he commands this team, and he's playing at a high level, and he has confidence that's through the roof, and that permeates through the locker room. Absolutely. I mean, some incredible throws this year, like off balance off his back foot, you know, 70 yards down the field. It's just been fun to watch. We got Jonathan Alexander with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check him out on social media, John M. Alexander, covering the Texans in the NFL for the Houston Chronicle. Could you point to one or two weaknesses of the Baltimore Ravens that you think the Texans will try to take advantage of? Yeah, I think... Early on, I mean, the Tex- the Ravens are, are, are a much different team. Um, I think where the Texans feel like they can have the biggest advantage is, is possibly maybe getting the running game going and then exploiting uh, the Ravens with some deep shots. That's how they've done all season. The Ravens are a great team top to bottom. They don't have many weaknesses, to be honest with you. But I think where the, the Texans think they can get maybe Deshaun Watson, who was – I mean, I'm sorry, not Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson was having an MVP – caliber season is they, they feel like that they could possibly speed him up a little bit if they speed him up and rush rushes his his process and, and get a, guy, a lot of guys around him and get constant pressure on him they feel like that they can possibly um, take advantage of that but you know Lamar is playing the best football he's ever played and they know it's going to be a tough test they got to have eyes on him he can do a lot of different things he can throw he can run um, so it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be their toughest game of the season Jonathan, you tell me what you what you think of this. I think the key to the Texans, you mentioned Lamar having an MVP season, is they, they can't let him going off for an explosive play, you know, right. let that turn into three or four backbreaking plays. Like he's going to have, you know, a 20-yard run or a third and 12 where he picks up the first down, but you can't let that affect you or the way that you rush with your gap integrity. We're, we cover the commanders here in Richmond, and Josh Allen did that to Washington where they, the, they converted three first downs the first drive, and it was like it stunted the way Washington uh, blitzed and got after him. So, you know, Lamar's going to make his plays here, but you can't let that affect you throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, the Texans have been susceptible to deep plays this season throughout the year, and the Baltimore Ravens are going to test the, the Texans. I think last week was really a good barometer for the Texans. They got beat twice on explosive plays in that first half against the Browns. And then they came back and, and they could have laid out, they could have let it get out of hand, but they turned it around. And they were dominant in the second half, which led to that 45-14 to 14 win. So, yeah, you're exactly right. I agree 100%. They've got to limit explosive plays. And if explosive plays do happen, they got to stay the course and, and, and continue to play their game. Yeah, and Houston. Hopefully, Houston can come up with their own explosive plays. You know, with this wide receiver core here, who would you point to as the guy that could go off for the Texans in a win? Definitely, Nico Collins. He's been their most consistent wide receiver. At one point during the season, they had two wide receivers who could go off at at any moment: Tank Dell and Nico Collins. But Tank Dell is out for the season um, with a fractured fibula. But Nico Collins has been that go-to guy despite uh, he had 191 yards in a win and get in a game against the Colts in week 18, and then I think he had 96 yards against the Browns, who had the number one ranked pass defense in the league. The guy is good. The guy can beat you in a multitude of ways. The Ravens are going to have to put a lot of attention on him. One thing that all of the teams left in the playoffs have in common is 
a star at tight end. How have you been impressed by Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I think Dalton Schultz at times has been really good for them. Like against the Bengals game earlier in the season, I think that was week nine for the Texans. One of their biggest wins of the season. Dalton Schultz came up huge, had a couple of big catches on the game-winning drive to help uh, them uh, seal that win. Uh, at times, though, they've had to use him in the uh, pass protection because their offensive line has struggled. And they ideally would like him more in the passing game because he is a weapon. And eventually teams are going to put a lot of focus on Nico Collins. So that's where Dalton Schultz has to come in and step up. And he's certainly capable of that. He's certainly played like a top 10 tight end. Uh, he's on the final year of his deal to be a free agent. So he has a lot to play for. Jonathan, if the Texans are going to go to Baltimore and defeat the top team in the AFC, you think it would be in a rock fight, defensive battle, or more likely in a shootout? I think it's going to be a shootout, to be honest with you. I know how good the Ravens are at defense. I know they give up the fewest points per game, but something just tells me it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game, something like a 30-27, to 27, and whoever has the ball last is going to be the winner. Well, I hope it's as exciting as 30-27. to 7. That, that 27, that sounds great. Jonathan, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, good stuff. That's Jonathan Alexander covering the Houston Texans for the Houston Chronicle. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So we still got AWOD certified game of the week to give out as most people will spend their weekend watching NFL games. But I did want to give... Uh, the people some advice on what to watch when you're not watching the NFL games. So let's do a quick version of Netflix on the fan. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, I think all of us out there have superhero fatigue, right? I mean, the DC Universe sucks. Marvel uh, peaked with Infinity Wars and Endgame, and since then, I think the movies have fallen off. But I will say, I do think Disney Plus has done an incredible job with the TV shows. Stubb, would you agree, or would you disagree? I think that they were off to a good start, and then they made too many, and I got tired of them real quick. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying there. I thought Hawkeye was like a 10 out of 10. Uh, I, You know, I love She-Hulk. She's even hotter when she's green. Uh, you know, I, I thought Captain America Winter Soldier wasn't great. I've loved Loki. I'm watching Loki Season 2, and Jonathan Majors is incredible as the villain in this. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that he's not going to be in the MCU uh, moving forward. But they have a new show, Echo. I've heard really good things about Stubb. Have you heard about it or checked it out yet? Um, it I, I've heard mixed to negative things about it uh the trailer oh, really? looked like it had some decent action but I, I i don't know i heard it was just kind of pretty par for the course as a marvel show at this point wow all right i'm gonna check it out because yeah, i go. i did hear good things uh, i actually haven't heard anything negative like that but another netflix story i want to bring up megan markle for some reason, everybody loves to hate her. I am her biggest fan. I've been in love with her since I watched Suits about 10 or 15 years ago. And then, of course, she had to go and, and marry, you know, the King of England or whatever. Uh, but there's a rumor Meghan Markle's going to return to acting, thrust into the spotlight as a Suits spinoff was revealed. Did you hear about this, man? No, I have, I've not checked out Suits, which I'm sure doesn't surprise you as I've seen nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, it's, I, I'd imagine she'd be quite wrapped up being a princess. So good for her to do well, some acting. Well, 
Well, her husband's kind of like not cool with uh, what's going on in Parliament and stuff. I- I'm not following it that yeah, closely, but <laughs> the Duchess of Sussex is rumored to be returning to acting, uh, taking back her career as paralegal Rachel Zane from the USA network show Suits. Now, uh, of course, there were a lot of really good actors in this. Patrick J. Adams, Gabriel Mocked, Rick Hoffman, Gina Torres. Um, but they're going to bring this show back in a spinoff. And I'm a little confused by the details of this, but uh, she will apparently play the character Zane once again that she played from 2011 to 2017. And I loved her character. I, I fell in love with her in that show. So I cannot wait for this spinoff. All right. I got a, I got a quick recommendation to throw out real quick. Yeah. Uh, on Netflix, Society of the Snow. Have you heard of this? Society of the Society Snow? Of I the have snow. not. It is about the uh, Uruguayan rugby rugby team that went on a plane okay. that, got, that crashed in the Andes Mountain and about them Ooh. surviving out there for uh, about two months. In the snow, in the, in the freezing cold top of the Andes Mountains. It's in Spanish. Uh, it'll be making the rounds in all the awards this year. Definitely get a couple Oscar noms. Fantastic movie. Uh, highly recommend. It is a huge bummer, and if you already don't like planes, I would not check it out. Yeah, yeah I mean, that scares me. But it, it's above my IMBD rating. If you get a 7.2 or higher, I will watch. That's a 7.9. Uh, do you know good enough Spanish, or did you have to watch with subtitles? Oh, I don't know any Spanish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're gonna, that's, a, that's a subtitle. It's, it's a bit long. It's two and a half hours, and uh, it has the most gruesome uh, plane crash scene I've ever seen. Really? Yep. How many inches, one through five inches, are you giving this stub? I'm going to give it four inches. All right, four inches. Yeah. All right, now it's time for AWOD's NFL Certified Game of the Week. This is AWOD's Certified Game of the Week. Officially recognized as the NFL game this weekend that is certain to meet the qualifications or viewing standards set by football guys around the country. Touchdown! 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 Diving for the left pylon. He's in for the touchdown! Guaranteed to be a football guy's football game. All right, stop. I'm also going to give out my confidence picks here, and I do think the games are going to get better as we go throughout the weekend. Give me four points on the Baltimore Ravens money line to defeat right. the Houston Texans. Uh, MVP Lamar Jackson just too good throughout the season, and he's on a mission to prove that he's not just a regular season quarterback this year. Uh, three points on the Niners to knock off the Packers. Pack playing with house money. Uh, I think they'll be able to keep it close if they get off to a decent start, but I have the Niners running away with it in the fourth quarter. Bucks lions I, I, I'm going to stick with it. I've been talking about it all week long. That's my upset pick of the week. Give me two points on the Bucks to defeat the Lions here to go into Detroit and get the win with that Super Bowl roster, just minus Tom Brady, in steps Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah, 23 touchdowns to eight interceptions. He's been great all season long. Um, but I think it's they're going to win this game because of defense. Vita Vea was the only player in the NFL this season to successfully stop the tush push last week against the Eagles. It's going to be Vita Vea and their incredible linebackers that get to Jared Goff, force him to throw an interception or two. Bucks win this game. Chiefs-Bills, um, I'll, I'll do one point of confidence on the Chiefs to go into Buffalo and win this game. But my certified game of the week, it's not going to be Chiefs-Bills. I do think everyone's going to be obsessed with this Lions-Bucks game because it's going to be a thriller. Uh, I expect the Lions to get off to a fast start. Bucks come from behind and win. That's AWOD certified 
NFL game of the week. I've got two points out of my four confidence points on the Bucks to defeat the Lions and stuff. I need a comeback because I'm getting close to being an intern for the day on my own show. <laughs> you do, and I and I want to throw in a correction there, as I do remember another team was able to stop the tush push. Do you remember what team it was? Well, yeah, we cheated to stop it because they got a false start penalty. So Washington technically stopped. The we got tush it push. twice. We we stopped two different uh, tush we push. We did. Drives. Yeah, but they it was it was like unfair, right? They got a they got a you know I think they got a holding penalty one offsides on the other, and I'm just not giving Ron Rivera's defense any credit for anything <laughs> right, this fair season. Enough, fair enough. All right. Yeah, and, and you know what, Stubb, you just ruined my weekend by making me say his name again. I don't even want to say his name. I don't want to talk to him. You know, I was talking to a a friend yesterday, and he was like, thank goodness I don't have to watch Ron Rivera cross his dumb hands over his chest again. (laughs) And I think most Commanders fans feel the same way. I need a coach that's going to throw his clipboard on the ground and take his headset off, not just be, you know, stone-faced Ron Rivera. Appreciate everybody listening to the show this week, and uh, love the callers that we've got. We've been doing a great job uh, with – Growing the listener audience here in Richmond. So thanks for the support. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.